Welcome to the Provo Pick and Roll Podcast. Joining me, as always, is the Big 12 buff and a Texas Longhorn fan, Brady Hill. How are you doing, Brady? I'm doing uh, much better this weekend, uh, Jordan, compared to the Sunday after um, last year's Red River shootout. Feeling much quite, better. Quite a different outcome this year. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't even stressed at this point. Like it was usually that game. Like I'm, I am completely dead by the end of the game, just as a fan, because that game is so has so much emotion in it. The way that it is organized with the fans, fifty-fifty down the middle at the Texas State Fair, and so every every single play, um, regardless of the outcome, it could be a zero-yard run or a fifty-yard touchdown one side of the stadium is cheering loudly the entire game. And there's huge momentum shifts during the game, usually um, between the sides of the stadium and between the teams. And it's just emotionally draining and exhausting, but this one wasn't actually Texas uh, had the largest margin of victory in uh, red river shootout history, winning the game 49 to zero. And, uh, Really, really the moment that they ruled out Dylan Gabriel before the game, uh, I pretty much knew that barring just crazy, uh, strange, a strange outcome, Texas was going to roll. And they did. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't end up watching this game at all. Uh, but that's yeah, good. So this was the first game Quinn of yours was back, right? Yeah, since uh, since he went out yeah. in the first quarter of the Alabama game, and he looked excellent. He threw for four touchdowns, almost almost three hundred yards. And I'm telling you, that guy, he's the real deal. He uh, he was rated. There's only been like four players ever to be given a 100 ranking in their recruiting ranking uh, ratings out of high school. It was like Vince Young, Trevor Lawrence, and and Quinn Ewers. I'm pretty sure that's like the list since 2000, since like 2000. And it's pretty clear that those ratings aren't, aren't a lie when you watch him play. He has very natural, his, his, his quarterback ability is so natural. He has the big arm that a lot of guys have. He can, he can sling the ball, but his, he has touch to be able to make kind of intermediate throws and just toss it right over the linebackers heads. So, he has throws from different arm angles. Um, he has excellent pocket presence as a young quarterback. Um, he's been pretty responsible and being able to throw the ball away and uh, not making too many mistakes, just running the offense within the offense, within the parameters of the offense, getting it to his skill players. Um, he can throw the deep ball exceptionally well because he can anticipate um, openings downfield as a, a lot of quarterbacks wait until it's too late. They wait until their wide receiver is open to throw the ball instead of anticipating that he will be open and then throwing at the ball in the way. So he has all those skills and I'm pretty excited that that guy is going to be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you wanted to bring the Alabama game into this discussion at all, but 
going back to that Alabama game, like second game, second week of the season, I think if they didn't lose Quinn Ewers in the first quarter, I think they would have won that game because he was looking really good. The offense was rolling at that point, and you know overall it was still a really close game. But I think that makes a big difference having Quinn Ewers in the uh, taking the snaps as opposed to Hudson Card. Yeah, it's it's hard to play the the if the but if game. It was just I was so mad that that happened though because the whole thing was this is the first time that they played Alabama since the 2009 national championship game when Colt McCoy, when Texas was dominating Alabama in the early, like first half of the first quarter of that game and looked like, um, looked like the better team for the time Colt was on the field. And then Colt McCoy goes out and gets hurt um, on a weird play and is out for the game and they end up losing the game. And, and now it's forever in in the Texas lore, the the biggest what if what if game in history is if Colt hadn't gotten hurt, would they have beaten Bama, which they would have, and we can get into that discussion a different time. But it's just ironic that the same situation in the first quarter, Texas quarterback lighting up Bama and looking really good, really impressive, and then he gets hurt, and then we'll never know. You know, maybe maybe Alabama figures it out and confuses him, and he starts throwing t- throwing turnovers. So it's you can't just say that they would have won, but he threw for 134 yards uh, in the first quarter, and I think and a touchdown, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. But it was impressive. Like I was happy about the game, as happy as you can be with a loss that they they played well. I was particularly proud of the defense, the def- how the defense played um, in that game, and if a few things go go a different way Texas maybe pulls it out um, if if uh, the officials were doing their job um, on that 17 yard scramble from Bryce Young that extended Alabama's drive on that last drive where they went down the and uh, kicked the field goal Bryce Young has his Heisman moment where he scrambles out and runs for 20 yards to set up for the field goal there was a huge blatant hold by the Alabama right tackle uh, on Ovia Gofu that allowed him to do that. So there were several plays that you can point to. There were a few pass interference calls that were not called on Alabama's cornerbacks in the end zone. Um, there was the safety play that if you look, go look on uh, Twitter, um, there are images that people have of, of, of Bryce Young's shin calf being on the ground with the ball in his hand should have been a safety in that situation. Um, and Texas would have got the ball back and who knows at that point. So like there's several moments that you point back to and you say, what if, what if, but turns out in the end, they didn't win. And that's because Alabama is Alabama and great teams win tough games like that. And that's something Texas will have to learn that Alabama already knows how to do um, with Nick Saban and, and Bryce Young. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can safely say though this Alabama team is definitely vulnerable this year because I mean they had that game, mm-hmm. they almost lost to Texas um, this last week. They almost lost to another unranked Texas A&M team. Yeah, um, at home. If Texas A&M, if there was a little bit more time on the clock, they would have won that game. You know, they because they just ran out of time. They had the ball in the two yard line and only had one play left. They had it was first and goal. Right. But they just didn't have enough time to to punch it in the end zone. Right. So. Yeah, I definitely, I think this is a definitely a beatable Alabama team. So I think that's 
interesting moving forward into the season because I don't I don't think there's really a clear cut number one right now. No. And to be fair to Alabama, Bryce Young didn't play against. That's Alabama. true. Yeah, but still, like uh, we have seen through both those games that you mentioned, that they are not they are not untouchable. They have flaws. Their offensive line isn't very yeah. good. Their wide receiving core is not what it's been in the past. Um, so their offense in particular outside of Bryce Young himself is questionable. So they're definitely could be had by someone. Uh, Georgia has looked at times to be, you know, overwhelmingly dominant, but then they almost lose to Missouri, uh, struggled with Kent state. So they've had some of their own issues. Ohio state has looked pretty dominant for most of the games yeah. that they've played yeah. They're They're probably overall resume is the best, but they also haven't played quite as tough of a schedule. They did play Notre Dame, which was a good team. But outside of that, they haven't really played anyone yet. So yeah. the Michigan, the Michigan Ohio State game should be fun this year with those two teams again. Yeah, Michigan actually looks pretty good too. Like they also haven't yeah. really played anyone very good, but they've been creaming people, like just dominating. They're a solid, solid Midwestern Michigan team. They run the ball don't turn the ball over, have a good defense, right? So, like, they'll win most of their games. And we'll see if Ohio State's improved their run defense uh, since last year. That's what killed them against Michigan last year. So, yeah, it's a, definitely an interesting season that's wide open. Have some uh, undefeated teams that are unusual, like Tennessee uh, is having, having a good year. Oklahoma State uh, looks to be maybe the best team in the Big 12 USC is still undefeated and UCLA as well out in the Pac 12. Um, so yeah, still, still up in the air for the college football season halfway through. Well, and some of those surprising uh, undefeated teams are actually in the Big 12, I think. So, I mean, the main, I mean, I guess really the main one that jumps out is TCU and then Kansas up until this last week yeah. where they played TCU. So, yeah, if you would have told me that. Kansas and TCU would have been ranked in the top 25 and Oklahoma wouldn't. I don't know if I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have guessed that going into the season, but and here Baylor. we are. And Baylor. Yeah. And Baylor is also not ranked, but so yeah, kind of surprising. Yeah. So what's, so there are several surprising things, right? So that we can, we will probably discuss here. What, what are the main things that jump out to you? Is it Oklahoma not being ranked or is it Kansas being ranked or is it tcu looking pretty good kansas state um kind of probably meeting expectations but playing above what the national media would have had for them as far as expectations adrian martinez playing really well um the the ceiling of texas like how good they have looked at times there's several things to talk about here what, what would you point out as kind of their your main surprise for the Big 12 Conference. Main surprise has got to be Kansas sitting where yeah. they're at because, yeah, I don't know. I, I just would not have guessed that they would have been that good. So, I mean, they've shown, like, gradual improvement the last couple of years, but mm -hmm. I didn't anticipate them making the jump that they have this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, they, uh, I think they're over-under for wins for the season was like two right and they've, yeah. they've they've won five games already and they have uh unfortunately daniels uh Jalen daniels their quarterback got hurt in the last game i don't know what his status is i need to look that up but 
Bean, their backup, came in and threw for like four touchdowns. And he's that guy's fast. He's kind of small, but he's pretty athletic too. So so Kansas has two good quarterbacks. Um, and Oklahoma has like has one. Right? That's just a strange situation. And Kansas's defense has been a lot better than last year. They've given up um yeah, their defense is better improved along with that kind of triple option offense that they run. So Lance Leipold, Kansas could lose all the rest of their games this season and he's the coach of the year. Yeah. I think like they're very, they've been very impressive for what they are. There are people that have been saying like, Ooh, Kansas, they might be the best team in the big 12. And I was like, okay, well, calm down everyone. Like they're five and one, they beat like Houston and West Virginia, which is great. It's great for Kansas but let's calm down with them being the best team in the big 12 because they're not the best team in the big 12, but it is the best Kansas team since like 2007. And that's great. Good for them. I like Kansas. Kansas is probably my favorite team. Like generally speaking in the big 12 outside of Texas. Like I like to see them succeed. Um, So yeah, that's definitely one. And then the second one for me is definitely Oklahoma sitting at the bottom of the conference at three and three. Now, now that said, as far as maybe, maybe I shouldn't even say that because if you go back and look at uh, our podcast episode, two podcasts ago, which we specifically talked about a preview for the big 12 and the battle for the big 12, um, your surprise for preseason rankings for the big 12 was that Oklahoma was picked to be second overall. And it's not because you thought they should be first it's because you thought they were too high. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we both went into a discussion of, yeah, Oklahoma has lost their head coach, who is reputed to be one of the best offensive play callers in the country. They lost Caleb Williams, who is a potential Heisman, Heisman candidate. They lost uh, Hazelwood to Arkansas. They lost to their one of their wide receivers. Uh, Kennedy Brooks went to the NFL. Um, uh there was one more receiver that went to USC, right? Yes, Mario Williams went to yeah. USC. Mm-hmm. Um, their other quarterback, whose name I can't think of right now, went to South Carolina. Uh, uh, Spencer Ritter? Wait, Rattler. 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 Spencer Spen- Rattler. Spencer I kept Rattler. Wa- kept wanting to say Spencer Sanders, but I know that's not him because yeah. he plays for Oklahoma yeah. State. Spencer Rattler went to South Carolina, um, and their entire defensive front, defensive line got drafted to the NFL their secondary was bad last year. So when we broke it down, we were like, I mean, this team could, this could be a drop-off. This could be a year where Oklahoma goes like six and six. And we also said specifically that they have no quarterback depth. So if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt and he has an, an injury history at UCF, if he gets hurt, they have no one there and they could actually win like three or four games. If he goes out for the season, like they could be really bad. And so you heard it here first, folks. So I am surprised that they're dead last, and I'm surprised at how bad they are, because I thought they would still be, you know, not getting completely boat raced by TCU. Uh, But, yeah, they're a bad football team right now. And they're last in the Big 12, 0-3. Yeah. Yeah, like we said at the beginning of the season, I definitely expected them to take a drop back. But yeah, like you said, I, I didn't expect it to be this big of a drop back um, because that they just have not looked good at all. But um, but I think a lot of the other teams that we thought were going to be good this year 
have ended up being good. I mean, I know you touched a lot on Kansas State going into the season. You know, I think the the pickup of Adrian Mar- Martinez has made a big difference for them in their offense. I think he fits really well into that system. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do have the one head scratcher against Tulane that they ended up losing to, seventeen to ten. So, yeah, not sure what happened there in that game, but other than that, they looked pretty good. But I think the the most I I, I like the most confident in a team right now in the Big Twelve has probably got to be Oklahoma State because I think they look pretty good. Uh, Spencer Sanders overall has he's had um, kind of one bad game against Baylor, but other than that, he's played really well. So. Yeah, and even the game against Baylor wasn't wasn't terrible. Wasn't terrible. He, he wasn't great, but Baylor has a pretty good defense, right? And he was okay in that game. And he's really the key, right? Um, Oklahoma State's defense is pretty good. They've shown that they're pretty good again, even after losing a couple key pieces from last year and losing their defensive coordinator. So that's a big deal because their defensive line in particular, Oklahoma State is one of the best defensive lines in the Big 12, which uh, definitely covers up a lot of other holes for your defense. So the defense is good. Their offense um, has some weapons. They don't have anyone that's a particular game breaker the way that Texas and TCU have on the perimeter um, or Iowa State with uh, Xavier Hutchins. Um, But they're solid at all their positions. And then there is Spencer Sanders, who has a very high ceiling and a very low floor as a quarterback. He's had games like the, the Big 12 championship game against Baylor last year where he threw four interceptions, and that's why they lost. But he's also had games like against Notre Dame last year where he threw for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. And so who are we going to get? Who Has he learned? Has he progressed? And so far, he's been really good. He's probably been – he's been one of the two or three – he's right up there with um, Jalen Daniels and Adrian Martinez as far as the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 right now. And if he continues to play well, Oklahoma State is going to be a top two team in the Big 12. So he's the key. Yeah. And I'm, I think we knew that going into the season. We, I remember that was something that we touched on was how important uh, quarterback play was going to be for all the teams of the Big 12 because there was a lot of question marks kind of up in the air. And I think we've kind of seen that so far as the season has progressed because the, uh, the teams that don't really have those standout quarterbacks – kind of lingering towards the bottom of the, the totem pole right now. But then mm-hmm. the quarterbacks that have played really well have been able to entrench their standings in the top of the Big 12. 12. So, yeah. So we'll see now that uh, Texas has Quinn Ewers back. Because, I, I mean, I think you've got to say that he's probably the best uh, quarterback when healthy out of all those players. So He's definitely the Between best. Him, Spencer Sanders. Yeah. He's definitely the best. He's also he's still a freshman. So Mm -hmm, I'm still expecting them to have a game or two this year where he looks like a freshman. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's against, maybe that's against Oklahoma state. Maybe that's against Kansas state who also has a very good defense this year. Um, I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but as far as talent and has who will be the best quarterback, it's definitely Quinn Ewers, Mm -hmm. but he also has the advantage of having quite easily. Well, TCU has some good weapons as well. But Texas is just loaded at the skill positions, which is and, and Sarkeesian is organizing his offense and running it in such a way that he's getting his talented players in space. And the offensive line has improved, even with their two freshmen, true freshmen, left tackle and right guard on the line. The line is 
better than they were last year um, in run blocking and particularly in pass blocking, which is a huge step for the offense. But when you look at the skill positions for Texas, you have Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, which is the best backfield in the country. You could maybe argue Ohio State. They're the only other one that has that argument. And then, then you also have Keelan Robinson, who's really fast as their third running back as a change of pace. So you have those three running backs who are excellent, and they've actually been running some three quarter, three running backs diamond sets uh, where they're running like a triple option kind of with the three running backs. And then the other two are like going out on wheel routes and you have to linebackers have to cover them in the passing game, doing some really creative stuff with the running back talent. You also have Jordan Winnington and Xavier Worthy um, who are both going to play in the league. And then you have Jatavion Sanders, who's a five-star sophomore tight end who's caught I think he's already caught five touchdown passes this year, um, who's been really good. And so they have weapons just running everywhere. And for a defense, it's really difficult with, with Quinn Ewers, especially um, able to sling the ball over the field to know who are we going to take away? Cause if you double, if you double X, then, um, then, Jatavian Sanders and Jordan Winnington are going to kill you one-on-one. And if you run a dime package to cover all of the different receiving threats and try to keep the ball in front of you with Quinn Ewers, then they're going to give the ball to Bijan. If you if you put eight in the box to stop Bijan, Quinn Ewers is going to throw it over your head. Like there's just so there's not a good option for the offense. Uh, there's not a good way for a defense to try to stop the offense because they have so many weapons. And so if they're playing well, they have easily the highest ceiling. I think Texas at their ceiling by the end of the year, they're a top five team in the country if they play well. But they're not there yet. They haven't learned how to win. They're still young and they will. um, They still have things to learn and they're not quite where they need to be yet. They still could have some growing pains. They, They lost to Texas Tech at Texas Tech. Now, they didn't have Quinn Ewers in that game, but. That's an example of the kind of game where that's not a really excusable loss for the team. And so they still could have some bumps in the road, but the outlook is the brightest it's been in 12 years for the team going forward. And it's pretty exciting. Nice. So who do you think, who would you pick as of now to actually be in the big 12 championship game? looking at this just looking at these standings i mean the the main variable that makes it hard for me to pick that i think i definitely pick oklahoma state because um, mm. i like the way that they've been playing and i like that spanner spencer sanders has been stepping up um i have not had the chance to see tcu play at all and it looks like they have also been pretty good i mean they blew out oklahoma in that game yeah and um their quarterback max dugan is that how you say his name uh, Duggan. Duggan, Max Duggan. Duggan. Yep. Seems like he's pretty good as well. And that seems to be like a big, you know, key factor, you know, going into all these games. So I feel like I can't really make a decision without watching them play yet. But I definitely say Oklahoma State and then probably a toss up between TCU and Kansas State for me right now. Okay. And then, I mean, I don't know. Texas is there. Texas is there. <laughs> I'm not sure. Still, still a question mark for them. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I've been burned enough on Texas for the past decade that I don't have any qualms with someone not picking them to win something. Uh, Cause that's probably pretty responsible. 
I think Oklahoma State is the safe choice. They've, they're probably the best overall team so far, but they still have several games ahead of them. But they already did beat Baylor, so that's one down. Mm-hmm. They survived Texas Tech. So I, I would say Oklahoma State is going to be one of those teams. Um, and then I would have – it's either going to be Kansas State or Texas. I don't yeah. think TCU is going to get that done. Max Duggan is very much – he's very similar to Spencer Sanders. Um in the way that he has a tendency to turn the ball over and be inaccurate at times. He's not very consistent when he plays well, he's pretty good and he's mobile and he can make some plays and he has good weapons um, on the outside. It's a few really good wide receivers at TCU. Um, So I think they'll be good, but I don't think they're going to make it. I think the three teams have that have a legitimate shot here are Texas, Oklahoma state and Kansas state. I can buy that. But this has been a really fun year for the Big 12. It's so wide open. Like, those are the three teams that I think. And then you listed your three teams that you're looking at. But, I mean, would we be shocked if Baylor made their way back into this conversation? Wouldn't be shocked. But I feel like, yeah, they've kind of settled more into that middle tier along with Kansas and then potentially TCU and Texas Tech. Because, yeah, I don't know. I think. The big thing with them is, like we mentioned before, like their quarterback play is not like Blake Shapin. He's decent, but he hasn't really played well enough to really put them into winning positions in a lot of those games. So, and their skill positions are down too. They yeah. don't have playmakers either, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but it's been fun. There's lots of there's lots of good teams. There's five ranked teams right now in the Big Twelve. And Baylor and Texas Tech are also, and Iowa State are not, those those aren't pushover teams either. Um, West Virginia is not great, and Oklahoma right now is not great, but they'll be decent when they get Dylan Gabriel back. So there's not any easy, there's not any easy games in the Big 12 this year. It's a very solid, solid conference, which is fun. Yep. That's about it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about here, Jordan, or maybe anything on the larger overall cultural football landscape, uh, kind of at the halfway point here in the season? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like usually at the halfway point, we have kind of a good idea of who's like the clear cut number one, number two teams. But like we mentioned before, I don't know if we really have that so far. Ohio State's probably been the most impressive, like you said. And then it's kind of a toss-up. I think this will make it really fun this year going into the college football playoff because I think there's going to be a lot more uh, teams that have a legitimate argument, you know, to make it in. So as opposed to years in the past where we knew it was just going to be kind of like Alabama, Clemson, and then a few other teams. So there's going to be a lot of teams in the mix. The question would be who gets to lose to Alabama and Clemson? before they meet in the championship game, yeah, I think, yeah, or Alabama, yeah. Georgia. Yeah. But, I mean, this year Alabama is definitely beatable, so it's not it's not as much of a case of that anymore. So I think Tennessee-Alabama is this next week, which that'll be a good game. I don't remember yeah. if it's in Tuscaloosa or if it's in Knoxville, but um, that'll be a fun game to watch. It so is we'll, in Knoxville. Yeah, that's a big game. We'll, we'll, learn, we'll learn a good deal, I think, from that game going forward to the season. Well, yeah, pretty exciting. But at this point, I think that's kind of where we're at. And I think we're 
there's still a lot up in the air. So in the next few weeks, we'll have a much better picture of kind of how things are going to shape up for the postseason. So. All right. Well, we are uh, looking forward to our next discussion here. And whenever it is, we get a chance to meet back up and have our next college football update podcast episode. But until then. Whoosh, Kevin. Go Cougs.